Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's edition of Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS. Dear JCPS is a district-focused stakeholder advocacy group that demands accountability and transparency from JCPS through a lens of equity. Save Our Schools Kentucky is a statewide advocacy group that seeks to expose and prevent attempts to privatize our public schools, including charter schools and everything else from the ALEC playbook. The following is part of WFMP's public affairs educational programming. The views expressed are those of the speakers and not the station. If you would like to share your views, you may email us at wfmp.louisville at gmail.com. Hello and welcome to the November 6th, 2021 episode of Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS. Today I begin with excerpts from the final board meeting where the public was permitted to speak in Jefferson County. It was in October, and I begin the afternoon at a table that I had set up in front of the school to hand out information about the impending legislation to ban the teaching of the history of racism and uh, structural racism in our society and in our schools, which has been pre-filed with the Kentucky State Legislature. I turn on my recorder and leave it on the table. And what you hear next are conversations that took place at that table prior to the start of the board meeting. Uh, things started blowing away the second I hit live. Just want to turn the camera around for a second, though. There's Frank Simon and Beanie Gia Hegan and two other individuals that are part of the Moms for Liberty, Tea Party Connection, Heritage Foundation, uh, connected to the billionaire privatizers. And so I just, I saw them coming, so I wanted to go ahead and do my live stream now. We've got media camped out here. Um, they moved me, I've got a table here. They moved me off the public school property onto the sidewalk and said I would be all right here. So come on by my table and pick up some flyers and learn a little bit about what we got going on. Um, I've got a copy of the legislative priorities right here that they're gonna be speaking about, discussing this evening. They probably won't vote on it until December, but it's basically uh, the agenda of items that they plan to uh, put on their priority list when it comes to the General Assembly in 2022. And so that's one of the items that, I, that's what I'm planning to speak about tonight. We also have people that are planning to speak uh, about putting counselors in schools instead of cops, um, teaching critical race theory. We've got our All History Matters campaign uh, materials here. Uh, our, our website is still um, in development, but we've got some content out there and we're doing a soft launch. We're getting the word out to people so that other coalitions uh, other organizations can sign on to the coalition and uh, show their support for teaching uh, com uh, diverse history and comprehensive history in our public schools. BR60 and BR69, they are opposed to teaching the truth about race, religion, and sex. All three are specifically called out in the legislation. So uh, our logo shows that we are... Uh, in favor of teaching comprehensive history, teach the truth, all history, 
not just the whitewashed history that we're currently uh, subjecting our students to in our public schools currently, but a diverse and authentic curriculum is what we want. We have some other literature here, uh, some of our demands that we've been pushing for for the last several years, as well as information about Winter Coat Connection and some t-shirts and postcards. So come on over and we're down at Central High School. The board meeting starts at 6 p.m. Crowds are already arriving. If you wanna sign up to speak, get here by 545. Stop by my table and pick up a copy of the legislative agenda and you can uh, formulate what you're gonna speak about while you're waiting for your name to be called. But we've gotta get people out here because uh, the radical right is here. Domestic terrorists, they've been referred to as domestic terrorists who storm school board meetings. They've got connections to the same people that uh, stormed our Capitol in January. Same organizations are backing these folks. So yeah, there are two in front of me on agenda items because I'm third. So that's how I know I'll just- And then do I need to see the whole meeting? No, you'll be called before they get into business probably. Although, I don't know. You said you signed up ahead of time. Uh-huh. Did they tell you how many were ahead? No, I didn't ask. I just didn't they do 45 minutes worth of speakers. I don't think this looks like 45 minutes worth here early. It could be, I could be wrong though. But they do 45 minutes worth and then uh, pause for business. And if there are still people that wanted to speak, they haven't yet, then they do that at the very end. So okay. you, you could be forced to wait to the end. If well, they don't call I hope you. not, because I called this morning. Yeah. And got on there. Exactly. All right, I'm going to walk over here and I'm going to notes in my phone. Just wanted to quickly ask where you all head in. Um, was it just kind of like some informational pamphlets, things like that? I know you were talking to a few folks. Yeah, so um, I'm with Dear JCPS. We've right. been mm-hmm. speaking at board meetings since 2013. Yep. I don't know who these people are that suddenly show up. And This is the American Family Association of Kentucky, I believe. I'm, Okay. They were also at the, the But they haven't been coming to board meetings since 2013. Well, I don't think they're school-related per se, because they, they held an anti-vax, anti-mask okay. mandate relay last week. Can I, let me um, finish my point then, because yeah. I, I was trying to make a point yeah. about that. Like, we've been working towards root cause solutions since 2013, and so they don't understand the dynamics right. and what all's involved, and they're cutting in line in front of these families that have been waiting for change since before the pandemic. Like, right. our schools weren't safe for black and brown kids even before the pandemic. So, uh, you know, they're talking about masks, mask wearing being a child piece. No. Our kids standing at a bus stop and getting shot to death is, is child abuse. Like, we need to be working on root cause solutions for our children and keeping our black and brown children safe in particular and not calling a mask, the inconvenience of a mask. Right. It's insulting. Well, they're specifically talking about SROs. Tonight they are, okay, yeah. but it's the same faces. Yeah. I see only. Are you guys mainly here for the test to stay tonight, or is it just no. about anything they talk about? So I'm here because the legislative agenda mm-hmm. is on the uh, discussion, and I want to talk about 
the importance of parental involvement. Got it. And adding that to their legislative agenda. But there are other people in our group that are like it's all related. Yeah. I don't know if you're following. I mean, I didn't see. I didn't even see SROs in the agenda today. It's not. But but they're using it as red meat for their base. This is the same group of people that stormed our Capitol. Right. These are these are Trump supporters. Trump lost, you know, was, had, had the election stolen from him. Right. And it's all related. This is the same small handful of uh, hateful and divisive uh, billionaire elites that are writing these playbooks and organizing these folks to come out and speak. And it's the same faces with different names, yeah. um, but it's all re- it's all tied to the same agenda. It's tied to the privatization of public education, siphoning our money and our resources out of our community. Um, and criminalizing black skin, black and brown skin, and, and disabled students as well are, are also being harmed by uh, the policies that they want to implement. Yeah. I appreciate your perspective. I just wanted to just check some things off, but we'll be here through the night. Okay, so. no problem. Yeah. Sorry you. I got a little snappy. No, just, you're okay. You're okay. I, I just wanted to provide you information, that's all, because I happened to see them last week. So that's, yeah, that's... I mean, but they're new to the scene. And they're not listening to the and people who are harmed. Would, yeah. 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 They're stepping on the people who we're, we've been working to amplify and elevate. And it takes pro, it takes time for this democratic process to, to move forward. Right. And now we're in a crisis. And it's really time for them to be acting on all the things that have been building and building and building. Right. And it's getting drowned out. It's yeah. really important that they don't lose focus on everything that we've been working toward in our community all these years. Oh, I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Are they voting tonight on this Tuesday? Probably are. I think they're going to have to. Yeah. Yep. All right, good luck. I brought the challenge today. Oh, I got like 10 bags here. <laughs> That's the one that has everything in it right there. Okay, that's fine. And then these are mostly just the same two flyers. And... Okay. I'm just going to here. Just... Okay. Let me just warm you. Okay. Me? Just me? Alright, you're welcome. Thank you. Just one more. So now I've made it into the central auditorium and I come down the aisle and insert myself in the first conversation that I overhear, which happens to be with Councilman Anthony Piagentini. And he's talking about the number of speakers on the agenda and that he came to speak. And he drops the name of my school board member, James Craig, and mentions that he's been speaking with James. So listen to what he has to say. Well, we do public forum. Like, the, the yeah. difference being, we call, yeah. those big topics, we call special meetings to have, yeah, you know, three hours. That. Yeah, okay. right. So, yeah. th- that, that's how we balance it out, right? Those are just for, like, the general regular council meetings. But 
And their budget is larger than yours. Twice. Right, and there's only seven of them. So seven divided by, or 4.7 billion divided by seven versus half that divided by, how many? 26? Yeah. The distribution needs to be, we need to be focused more on these people than we are. Yeah, but it's, yeah, the, the, right? Yeah. I wonder if there's state law that prohibits them. Because, like, for example, the fact that it's 26, that's a, that, that was 67C design. Well, I'm just saying the current situation is what is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good to see you. I just got a phone. Uh, I was I trying to show him that this, the fact that we have seven board members that are responsible for $1.75 billion budget, whereas Metro has half that budget and there's 26 of them. So the concentration of power that these seven people hold is significantly greater than the And I was trying to I've got some stuff for you. I'm Gay Adelman. I'm sorry? I'm Gay Adelman. Hey, Gay. Tony. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I've got some stuff for you just regarding some of the things that are going on at the district level. Right, so JCPS was formed in 2015. Yeah, so we've been here advocating for uh, root cause solutions, uh, systemic uh, solutions, and opposing uh, systemic racism and supporting diversity, equity, inclusion, and all the racial justice efforts that have been going on. And so uh, these Moms of Liberty and all these groups that have started showing up lately uh, have been brought here by outside African groups that are well funded by the Coast Brothers and Alec. And so I just admit the word, this is authentic. Grassroots been around for a long time. And the anti-mask, anti-vax, uh, storming the board meetings and saying that masks are child abuse uh, rhetoric is coming from the radical right wing. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. Go ahead. Okay, what? Sign up for me. 
our children and staff deserve better. I ask that we, y'all, rededicate ourselves to make sure that every child and staff member in JCPS from every neighborhood has the authority to live a full and fruitful life. If we would now take a few seconds of silence, please. Thank you. I won't play the rest of the pledge out of fear of indoctrinating our listeners, but you probably heard the voice echoing from the back row saying, We will not. And you may have recognized it as one of Kentucky's own House representatives. If you didn't recognize it, I'm not going to tell you. Next, you will hear the superintendent's report, followed by the speakers from the floor before chaos erupted. Continue listening to Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS on Forward Radio 106.5 FM.
the work that has gone in to prepare for that is monumental. The amount of testing sites we will have to have to support that is huge, but I think it's an important step. We will also be discussing mandatory weekly testing for all in indoor winter extracurricular activities. And finally, we will be recommending uh, that we match the $100 that KDE has offered uh, to all vaccinated employees that have been or will be fully vaccinated by December 1st, and we will ask you uh, to bring us um, that match as well. So all employees that are vaccinated or will be vaccinated by December 1st will receive $200. Tonight we'll also be discussing our legislative agenda. This is gonna be a very important session for many reasons. First, we know it's a budget session, and I believe nothing is more critical than fully funding education across the Commonwealth, which includes the continuation of full-day kindergarten, an increase in base seat funding to reflect inflation, and the funding of other programs that have been cut, such as transportation, professional development for teachers, and KTIP amongst just a few. And I think these are gonna be critical that we see these in the budget coming out of Frankfurt this winter. Also, we strongly recommend opposing any continued support for privatization of public education by diverting public funds to private schools. And lastly, we will highlight the importance of our opposition to any legislation that strips local control of the curriculum and how it directly reflects our own student population. Finally, on the horizon, although we have worked so hard on COVID, I think it's important that we look ahead to the months to come. We have some real important work ahead of us, not just the COVID mitigation, but also our continued work around future state. So in the weeks to come, we're really gonna be focusing significantly on the discussion of student assignment again, and specifically also bell times along with that so that we can reduce our bus routes. And we will also be having in-depth discussions and conversations around school safety and security. I look forward to these discussions so we can continue to be innovative in the way that we address our students' needs. That concludes Superintendent. Thank you, Dr. Polio. We will now move next to our person requesting to address the board. A maximum of 45 minutes shall be allocated to speakers immediately after the superintendent's report. Speakers who are unable to be accommodated due to that time limitation. Are you beating? No. Are you beating? No. She's here somewhere, though. I saw her. Good evening, dear JCPS. First, I would like to start off by clarifying a, a statement that I made at last month's board meeting. I erroneous, erroneously made a statement about the number of students that we've lost to COVID. Uh, generally, when I speak about students that we've lost, I also refer to students that we've lost to gun violence, and I erroneously left part of my statement off, and I want to apologize for that. Um, as I was stating last month, our schools have not been safe for black and brown and disabled students since before COVID. So this is a continuation uh, of that conversation. And I would like to specifically address the legislative agenda. Um, on the Dear JCPS website, under the parent involvement tab, it states, 
We believe that parents are their child's first teachers. Our philosophy is to serve the total child. To do this, the entire family must be involved. Family support is essential if the child is to have the best opportunity for success in school and in life. Parents are not only welcome, but encouraged to participate in the classroom and in other aspects of the program. Two years ago at the October 2019 board meeting, I spoke about the value time, talent, and treasure can have on student outcomes. A copy of that speech uh, was emailed to you earlier this afternoon. I told you how parents have been pushed out of their PTAs or prevented from serving on their site-based decision-making councils or driven out of their schools completely. Principals are, have been manipulating elections in order to impact the SBDM makeup. I stood at a street corner two years ago, right within eyesight of the school, protesting the PTA election because it had been rigged. Uh, at a December, at the December meeting in 2019, I encourage you to make space for parental involvement on the legislative agenda and how the barriers that exist work against our parents and work against our chance to overcome these disparities. We need to infuse our schools with the opportunities for parents to be involved and have a seat at the table. Many of our low-performing schools lost their site-based decision-making council power over a decade ago, yet our, our site-based decision-making council is responsible for curriculum selection. So we've handicapped our, our schools by not allowing them the opportunity to pick their own curriculum. I was too late when I spoke in December of 2019, but I'm hoping that because I'm here in October and asking the same request, we can uh, invite impacted parents to have a seat at the table, but also ask you to put restoring site-based decision-making councils to all schools on the legislative agenda for 2022. As we try to claw our way back from this pandemic, not only of COVID, but also of gun violence and disparate educational outcomes, our impacted community members have the answers. They need a super table in order to be I urge you to consider this once again. Also regarding high stakes tests, don't just advocate against their use advocate against their administration. The NEA published an article, The Racist Beginnings of Standardized Testing, which I have provided a copy of. Thank you. Our next speaker is Chris Harmer. Mr. Harmer, welcome. Good evening, my name is Chris Harmer. Um, I wanna congratulate you on a broad and detailed legislative agenda. Uh, I think the superintendent has gone over most of the things that we're interested in talking about, but there is something missing. We believe that uh, for starters, you should be lobbying against a bill request that would impose um, the requirement to have SROs in every school campus by August of 2022. Uh, and further, uh, we believe that you should revise the legislative agenda to include revising current status for giving local school districts the uh, decision-making power to decide whether or not to have SROs in the first place. Um, in response to the Tyree Smith shooting, Police Chief Shield repeatedly said that Metro Police lacks critical intelligence about incidents like the one that ca caused his death because there are no longer school resource officers in Jefferson County Public Schools. She wants to see SROs in every campus. That means potentially 155 officers, which just don't exist at this point. We absolutely do, uh, disagree. Gathering information for, about potential crime in our community may be a problem, but SRO on every campus is not the solution. Um, Chief Shields has said out loud what police 
politicians and researchers have known for years, a key goal of increased federal funding for SROs over the last two decades was to improve relationships between police and youth so that they could gather information on crimes. But at what cost and why does this have to be done in the schools, not in the neighborhoods? SROs have become a part of the process of disciplining and controlling students of color. District-wide in school years 1670-17, SROs and JCPS participated in resolving behavior incidents involving black students at a rate 3.8 times higher than that with white students. That disparity resulted in arrest rates for black students 4.9 times higher than for white students. This is the school to prison pipeline. Students are in school to learn. Research shows that for learning to happen, a sense of belonging is key. Unfortunately for many students of color and students living in poverty, the presence of school resource officers, police, in our schools actually decreases their sense of safety. There are good reasons to rely on properly resourced teams of uh, safe crisis management teams of properly trained teachers, administrators, and school mental health personnel to deal with behavior issues. Teachers and officers are trained to see behavior incidents through very different frames. By state law, JCPS has no real control over SROs. They act independently as sworn officers and with the power of arrest. And if they determine that law enforcement action is necessary, JCPS people simply cannot stop it. We must take action to address the growing violence in our community, but that violence must be seen. Uh, in a our next speaker is Eileen Serke. The previous speakers were the was acceptance of the report for the legislative agenda. Our next three speakers will be speaking on the acceptance of flexible funds from KDE. The first speaker will be Eileen Serke. make a statement before the speaker starts that as you applaud and uh, whatever you like to do while the speaker is talking, sometimes it eliminates the ability for people to hear the speakers. And it's, it, I'm sorry, and it's a part of their three minutes in speaking. Mr. Simon, welcome. Thank you. I'd like to reemphasize what uh, Eileen Serkey said that 
it seems that uh, there should be some protection for our, for our children in the school. Well, there's such a huge protection for your meetings here. Uh, the other thing I'd like to mention is the achievement gaps in Jefferson County Public Schools. I'm looking at the um, uh, NAER grade four math and grade eight math. It started back in 2009 and was repeated up until 2019. During that time, the uh, black students had a 29 point uh, achievement gap compared with the white children. And uh, it, it has been the same during this whole uh, 12 year period. So um, I think there's a reason for that. And that is because the Jefferson County Teachers Union does not put good teachers in the black schools. And it's getting worse and worse. And um, that's a reason. <laughs> In 2019, this school board removed funding for school resource officers. They're basically protection for public school students. Uh, the school system only has 21 people working security for 167 schools. In short, that's pathetic. Those 21 people are not even armed and they're not even based in the schools. So when someone, if they were to show up to a school with a gun, those people would have to commute to the school to deal with the emergency and then just talk aggressively because they're not armed. It's basically unacceptable. Now, what is the reason for this? Well, in short, the school has the funds to pay for SROs. The American Rescue Plan, Emergency and Secondary Relief, ESSER funds have provided at least $578 million to the school system. Those funds are allowed to be used for law enforcement. They also just they also just approved $75 million for staff bonuses. There's now on the agenda 1.2 million more dollars that are used for flexible funds for safe schools. So in short, if you're not willing to do it, you should at least consider that you are legally responsible for that. The Kentucky Safe Schools and Resiliency Act of 2019, the SSRA requires that every district in the state must have one SRO, SRO resource officer for every school campus if funds are available and they are available. So in short, it is a choice by this board not to protect our kids, but judging by the seven plus people that are here protecting you, you think that your own safety is non-negotiable. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speakers will be talking about a new way forward. <laughs> this is taking away from your 45 minutes for speakers. The next speakers.
The next speakers will deal with a new way forward update on the school year 2021-22. The first speaker is Benny Gohagan, and after that is Holly Rue. Benny Gohagan. Early literacy unlocks the world for children, for all children. It has the potential to break the cycle of generational poverty, which is a key indicator of low student achievement in school. Dr. Ben Carson and Dr. Thomas Sowell both attribute their success to early literacy despite being born into poverty. Dr. Carson's mother made sure he read every day and a family friend introduced Dr. Sowell to the wonder of the free public library early on, changing the course of his life. While there have been many trends in this area over the years, what Milton Wright discovered decades ago with the science of reading still holds true. The science of reading shows that phonemic awareness, phonics, fluency, building vocabulary and comprehension are proven techniques when teaching students to read. Mississippi decided to set aside the latest trends in academics and start using tried and true methods in 2013. At the time, they state that made Kentucky look not so bad. Since then, they have surpassed Kentucky on the NAEP assessments. By 2019, Mississippi was the only state in America where more fourth graders became proficient in reading on the NAEP reading proficiency assessments. Meanwhile, in Jefferson County, the percentage of students who performed at or above the NAEP proficiency level was only 30% in 2019. In 2009, the average score was 259 out of 500. 10 years later, in 2019, the average yeah. score was 258. That is wider than the gap in 2009 when it was only 22 points. So in 2010, we adopted Common Core Standards. In 2017, JCPS was already implementing its equity program. In 2018-19, diversity, equity, and inclusion were the focus of every aspect in the district. That was the last year any assessments were given prior to COVID except for MAP testing. The budget has increased, the administrative department has grown, the social activism in our schools and classrooms has exploded, and our literacy rates have stagnated or declined. It is time for JCPS to set aside their bent on using our students for every educational trend that arises and Our next speaker is Holly Rue. Holly Rue. Holly Rui and I'm a parent of a freshman at Wagner High School. My son Carson went 17 months without getting COVID. We attended school for 10 days and he contracted COVID. I'm here to ask you not to allow the test and stay. We are recessed for the next five minutes. That's the end of school. We are recessed for five minutes. Thank you.
30 people had signed up to speak and were unable to do so. Many of them were students who gathered outside and gave their speeches on a bullhorn. We will close out this program with some of those speeches.
black students yeah. that are coming into these schools every day. Not everyone is going to be safe by an adult walking around with a gun in their waist. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All of you white folks over there who were speaking on black kids, talking about black percentages, this, that, and the third, we just had a student of color come over here and talk to y'all, and y'all ignored her the entire time. You cannot possibly come up here and speak for our children whenever our children can speak for themselves, and when they do, you choose to ignore them. My name is Josiah Finley. I'm a student at Atherton High School, and I participate in Atherton's uh, BSU as our vice president this year. That's right. Get it. Get it. I'm also our uh, junior class uh, vice president. That's right, Keith. Come on. So far, um, I have pulled off a 4.29 GPA. Yes! Yes! So while y'all are over there talking about the grading gap, yeah. Yeah. you need to be over here listening to said. us. Come on. You hear what he said? Get your notepad out. Get your notepad out. Anyway. No, let him know. Let him know. As a student at Atherton High School, I travel to the Highlands every day on an hour-long bus ride. I live in the West End of Louisville, and I can tell you right now that my home life and my school life are completely different in some ways. Mm. They're polar opposites, honestly. Um, but one similarity that I can always count on, no matter where I am in Louisville, no matter where I am in America, is the fact that my skin color will always be the first thing that people judge me by. Come on. Typically for students, school is supposed to be seen as a place where they can escape. School is supposed to be a safe place. Um, myself included, I have considered it one of the many uh, places that I can feel like where I can finally decompress and explain my thoughts simply because of our BSU. Um, but now we're getting that safe place taken away from us. I understand that we have all seen the violence that has been happening, especially to our students this year. These past few months have been difficult. And in fact, I know that there are 150 homicides that have happened in Louisville this year alone. And 27 of them have been JCPS students. And 21 of those have been children. 21 of those people were 17 years and old and under. So I almost can understand where Chief Shields is coming from, but emphasis on almost, because she is not a student, she is not a student of color, and she cannot speak for us. Mm. She doesn't know what will That's make us right, say. You speak yourself. By adding SROs, you are painting a target on the back of students of color. Ooh. You are taking away that our was freedom. You are making us oh feel God. like we are unsafe in our own schools, in our hallways, in our Ooh. classrooms, in our common areas, in our offices.
Trust me. You need to learn to listen to him right now. Ignore the hate. Go to the goat Black man on stage. Shut up. Let me talk about this. From 1999 to 2018, out of 197 schools in America, only three have been successfully intervened by SROs. We are sacrificing the mental health of our students of color for a 1.5% success rate. Do the math yourself. Now, of 179, 179 school shootings in America from 1999 to 2018, SROs have successfully intervened in three. So instead of trying to criminalize us, maybe you should focus on humanizing us. Instead of trying to be reactive to our problems, be proactive. Get involved with our families, get involved with students, make us feel like we don't have to bring weapons to school. Don't add more weapons to the building. If you can't wrap your mind around that, then you need to sit in a classroom full of students who feel like that is the only way to defend themselves. Come on. Oh, you're Obama. You're you Obama. That's where four points is right on. Oh, oh, what, what I wanted to say was, y'all trying to fight fire with fire. You're bringing guns to stop guns. It doesn't make sense. And what happens when we get rid of our guns? What happens when all we clear out our streets with all of the weapons we used to protect ourselves? You still there with guns, scaring us, making us not want to go to school. Think, think about the dropout rate with black African-American kids. It's not because that they don't want to be in school. They don't want to learn. They're not learning about themselves. They're not. How are they going to go into school and learn when they're, when they're scared for their lives? You can't learn when you have fear in your body. It's scientifically so I've said this one too many times before. Come on, baby. My name is J.S. Rashid, and I'm going to tell you my perspective while watching the videos of what was happening in 2020 and on the news. When I was 12, I was watching videos about what the police were doing to the peaceful protesters all across the U.S. I saw tear gas, rubber bullets, police cars ramming into people, smoke bombs, police assaulting people, spraying mace in eyes, a man making a literal horse run over a woman, uh, hurting reporters and breaking their equipment, violently detaining innocents, and for what? The First Amendment supposedly gives you the right to free speech and to gather peacefully without interference. Unless there is a chance of being a riot in these clips, I'm seeing there was no chance of being a riot breaking out. A little girl got mace in the eyes. Rioters and thugs are the many words they use to describe peaceful protesters. But when Trump supporters stormed the Capitol and, out so, and put so many lives in danger, it's protesters. When, when you really, it should be terrorists and rioters. When I watched those clips of the store in the Capitol, I laughed. Out loud. They look so idiotic. Even in all 
police were there. The same people who protect us are siding with the terrorists. How am I supposed to look at this as a 12-year-old girl watching the heroes of this nation beating people like me? Where were those smoke bombs, rubber bullets, mace, and batons being used for? Now I'm going to lead this back if you're confused. Where was that when they was protesting? Come on, baby, let them know. How am I supposed to react to SROs in my school and my future high school? Me and tons of kids are going to remember what those police officers did and, uh, and think how are they different from the police in my school. Racism still exists and people have trauma from the police. A majority of, class, of my classmates do not trust them. How are you going to gather info if people don't trust you? That trauma does not go away. Schools are supposed to be a safe space. But how is it safe when SROs are in the hallways with guns? If violence is a problem at your school, instead, maybe hire security guards. This isn't a school issue. What happened to Tyree Smith happened outside of school. Come on, baby. Yeah. SROs right. voted yeah. out for a reason. What is this really about? I like to say something else to the crowd out here. If you look around, you'll see that none of the people in there protest, talk, wanting the SROs back. They're not here no more. They aren't. They don't want to listen. If they truly cared about what we had to say, this is coming from the mouths of kids who have to go to school every day. If they truly cared and wanted the not home, not home, they'll, they'll be here. If our lives, if all lives matter, if my life mattered, why aren't you here listening to me right now? Where are you at? Where are y'all at? Because I don't see y'all. Now y'all going to be, you know, in y'all's... Y'all going to be posted up talking about this in y'all's conservative Facebook groups, but not here listening in person, getting a new perspective. We are kids, not criminals. Again, we are kids, not criminals. Not statistics. We are kids. We are so I am someone's daughter. I am someone's daughter. That's someone's son. That's someone's daughter. Oh my god. Like it's it's crazy. It's it's really crazy. And I just find the irony in this because the only people that are here listening to me are the people who what, are just exactly, like me. Exactly. Exactly. I'm here talking because we're here. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. We're here talking today. We here to came to walk in that room and talk to those board members because we don't want to be the next Breonna Taylor. We don't want to be painted on the wall or behind someone's t-shirt. We don't want to be another hashtag. We want to too many names. I want to graduate high school. A lot of us just want to a lot of us just, just living day by day and why make it harder? We got so many I don't think people, a lot of adults don't realize the pressure that are being put on kids going to school every day. Every day. And while you're worried about the safety of your white child, 
there it's been scientifically proven that people look at black kids and minorities as older like they don't need to be nurtured as much as their white kids you're bringing the racial profile in the street into the school hallway we don't need that i want to be in third period and not have to worry about getting to fourth alive or tackle or question that the chief shields have made it clear what her motives are allowing these officers going to the school buildings. She's talking about gang members. We aren't gang members. We instead of worrying about what's going on in the schools, we need to be investing in those communities. That's we need right. to be preventing the problem, going to the root of the problem. That's right. And the root of the problem isn't in the school building. Real quick, I'm not going to say too much, but my name is Shondalee and I have an organization, an organization by the name of Feed the Mind where we do listen to the kids and we are concerned and we are trying to address their trauma. But one of the reasons why you all are trying to get, why y'all feel the need to have SROs in the school is because y'all bus our kids to schools that we can't get to. But because I don't have transportation 28 minutes away and I can't get there, then guess what? They're going to have an SRO. The proceeding is part of WFMP's public affairs educational programming. The views expressed are those of the speakers and not the station. If you would like to share your views, you may email us at wfmp.louisville at gmail.com.